Amos 5.24 declare, But let justice run down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream flowing abundantly. Welcome to our second episode in Season 2 of Iona Speaks About Defending Self-Justice, a platform for us as women to hear how we can walk through the power of voice and the strength of awareness. May this podcast bring hope through enlightenment for every listener on their journey to self-justice in Jesus' name. In our first episode, I was reading a letter that I wrote to my younger self for encouragement, speaking about passion and purpose. In this second episode, I am honored to welcome our first guest, one of my closest friends for over 30 years, Allegra Hall, a woman of God, a mother, a wife, a ministry leader, and an entrepreneur. She is going to engage with us in a discussion with me about the poem On Children, written by Khalil Gibran. Khalil Gibran was a Lebanese poet, artist, philosopher, and author of the highly acclaimed book, The Prophet, which is a compilation of poems he wrote that was first published in 1923. And here is the poem. And a woman who held a babe against her bosom said, speak to us of children. And he said, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, for even as he loves the arrows that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. What does that mean to you, Allegra, as a woman and a mother with deep cultural roots? Well, Iona, uh, first, I'm so glad that you invited me to be on your podcast. Yay, I'm the first guest. <laughs> I'm so excited, um, not only for where you are right now, but where you're going and the people that you're reaching. It's just amazing. Your voice just reverberates. And as I'm listening to you read that poem, it's just like, oh, you know, you just feel it. And um Anyway, I just encourage you to, to keep on doing your podcast and to reach more and more ears and more and more platforms. Uh, may the Lord continue to bless you in that. Um, listening to the poem, your question is about how did I feel as a mother? Um, the, the, the poem is so weighty and... You have to read it over and over and over again to kind of catch all of the nuances. And for me, just hearing 
that, you know, the, the child that I hold so close at night, I, I watch over him during the day. I'm checking on him all the time and to feel like, well, he's not really mine. Well, he's not. He's a gift from heaven. He's a gift from God. We, we tell our little boy all the time that um, he was in the mind of God. It was God. He's God's creation. And then he put him in our heart and birthed them into this earth realm, you know, for us to parent over him. But then afterwards, he's going back up to the father. So, yeah, it is a temporary thing. He's here temporarily and we're here to steward that time and to love on him. And my hope is that uh in everything that we do, we encourage him to go forward to be the man of God that he will be one day. Yeah, that's that's right. our that's our stewardship that that we have over him. Yes, that is so powerful, and it it just echoes the same thoughts that I was experiencing <laughs> with that line: "Your children are not your children yes. because they don't belong to us. They might come through us." but they really don't belong to us. They do belong to God. And we are to actually just walk in partnership with him so that we can guide them in their life. Mm -hmm. So the other line, another um, statement that he made in his poem was you may house their bodies, but not their souls. Uh -huh. Their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. Whew, wow. Every time I read that particular um, verse, I almost get goosebumps because it's so phenomenal and it's so interesting because of the fact that we cannot even visit in their dwelling place for what their future being brings. So I want to ask this question to you as a phenomenal, strong, and inspirational Black woman yourself, a, a woman who's also a prophet, how does this make you feel as the mother when you already talked about how, you know, you're watching over him, you're caring for your son, you know, you're loving your son and you're concerned about him. How does this line make you feel? I think, uh, Iona, what we have to remember, at least this is what I have to remember, is that my trust is in Jesus Christ. And what I mean by that is that I hear what he's saying in the line, you can't ever, you're not going to be able to visit this future place. But as a prophetic person, you can already see because God gives you that vision, right? So you, you already know what little Ron's going to be, where he's going to be. You don't know all the pieces, how everything comes together, but you already have a sense. So in some way you already are there. And if you look at things in a, in a timeline of God, you know, meaning infinity, uh, meaning that we're going to be in eternity for, you know, forever. And I think about that great cloud of witnesses, right, that's going to be looking over. So I may not see it in the earth realm, but I tend to be one of those witnesses, <laughs> peeking over like, what's going on? But, um, you know, in all honesty, I have to trust the Lord. Because there are so many things happening in our world today. And I look at my little beautiful brown boy and he's, you know, built different. He's a strong boy. He's a tall boy. He's already like 69 pounds, right? And <laughs> four feet tall at five. And so I'm thinking he's going to be strong and big. And sometimes in this world, that might be um, scary to some people. I see a you know, brown skin, you know, young man. And um I have to take those things into account, but I can't worry 
And rather than worry, I have to pray. So I don't know what every day of his future holds. But I do know, as the saints say, right, who holds the future, right? So that's what I have to do. Take the, take him and put him there at the foot of the cross daily. Lord, I give my son to you. I give all of the problems and issues and quirks and things to come. I give all those things to you, Lord. I, we put our trust in you. Outside of that, Iona. Um, what can you do as a mother? Am I going to sit here and bite my nails and stay up all night and worry about people rioting and things happening in the street and racism? I can't do all of that. I have to give it all to the Lord. I have to just keep giving it. Even on the days when I don't want to, I'm holding on so tight. I have to keep giving it back to Jesus because he's, he's going to take care of him. Yeah. The author and finisher, right? Author and finisher of our faith. I yes, ma'am. So amazing and you know that's that that's that key piece of the fact that even though these vessels they come through us our bodies are actually what god has chosen to allow this passage to take place yep. for it to come through and that even though we are now whether the baby has come through us or we adopted <laughs> the baby or there are foster children or there are grandchildren mm-hmm. whatever they are they're still their own beings And that's the key piece, I think, about this piece is that they're their own beings. Mm -hmm. And so their souls are not our souls. Mm -hmm. Their dreams are not our dreams. Their dreams belong to them. (laughs) And they have to go through life and actually experience it. The bitter, the sadness, the triumphs, the victories, all on their own. Mm -hmm. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, Another line that really got me was when he wrote, you are the bows mm. which your children as living arrows are sent forth. So we as parents are the bows. We are the ones that actually guide these arrows that the, who are our children, who are now going forth into a world that's going to look different from the world that we grew up in. So how does that resonate with you as a mother of a black son because you already talked about that a little bit, your brown boy, mm-hmm. understanding how our country is looking at it when we have to deal with racism, which is so strong right now mm-hmm. and has been strong for centuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, it. I didn't know I was going to have to tackle these things. Um, I grew up in New Jersey and, you know, I was usually the, the one brown uh, representative in my classroom or <laughs> around my, my peers. And, uh, you know, college outside of, you know, meeting you there and a few, you know, a few of us brown ladies, most of our Penn State was, you know, Caucasian. So kind of used to moving in those uh, circles and, and then even in my work life and my adult life. So you know, you're used to being in kind of both worlds. So I'm teaching my son. First of all, there is, you know, people say there is no color. There is color. (laughs) Plus I have two sisters who are Filipino, right? And so um, there is a diversity and God made us that way for a reason. I mean, it it brings about a wholeness, right? Not not one race is better than another. Um, But I just wanted to, to say that I think it's, being that bow is really the best place to be because you're the one that's going to guide them and to, you know shoot them in the right direction. Um, yes, things will come along the way. There's going to be winds that blow and that kind of thing. But 
um, if, if at least he gets that first pull from his mom and his dad, uh, that first release, you know, we're, again, we're releasing him by way of the Holy Spirit. When he goes out, he's not just going with, uh, with us and the, our soulishness. He's going by way of the Holy Ghost. The, the Lord is going to take him as an arrow and shoot him to the right place and hit that mark. So, again... We're just we're leaning everything on the Lord for his future, for his, for whatever goal God has for him. We're, we're leaning on him because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take knee power, getting on those knees. That's what it's going to take. I'm sorry. I mean, so I know people think it's going to take great schools and all, all that's true. Yes, I need that. But it's going to take knee power, old fashioned, mm -hmm. get down. Hello, Holy Ghost. What do you want to do today? Um, that's what it's going to take uh, for our sons to grow up and to be safe and to blossom and bloom into the men that God has them to be. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it when you said that knee power because you actually, <laughs> you have, it's great because, yes, we need the education. Yes, we need the, the um, social development. Yes, yes, we need all of those things. But we also need to entrust the fact that God has got them because we're not always yes. going to be there. Because remember, we're the bows, so we're shooting them out somewhere that we're not going to be. That's right. Not to mention that we're not going to be where they're going to be going. Say it. So yep. we're trusting that God is actually going to be covering them, protecting them, shielding them. Mm -hmm. And that is so um, important. And, you know, I talked during earlier podcasts, I've always talked about my heritage being a mm -hmm. woman who identifies as Native American with mm -hmm. Shinnecock heritage, as well mm -hmm. as African-American. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that the Shinnecock Indians were considered to be the darkest Indians. In Is that right? History. Yes. Oh. So growing up, one of the things that my great aunts and great uncles used to always share is the fact that you're black. You know, you're, yes, you have this rich heritage of being um, Shinnecock Indian, yet your color is always going to be seen wherever, when anyone, wherever you go, whether you, um, when you walk into a room, the first thing someone sees is not what you're wearing. Yeah. It's not the earrings that you have on. It is going to be the color of your skin. And so that's very important. And to find out that that was something that had to be shared with us, even at a young age. And that's something that we have to share with our sons at a young age already. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that answer. Uh, and one of the last things about this, um, another piece in this poem that really um, echoed and was strong to me was um, when he wrote about the archer sees the mark, because you already talked about this a little bit. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Mm -hmm. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrows that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. And I read this, and of course, you know, just as you said earlier, this poem is so powerful that you just have to read it over and over again, and I listen to it. And, you know, Khalil Gibran, never met him, don't know anybody who's known him. I don't know if he was a prophet or not. I know they say he was a philosopher. I don't know if he was a believer of Christ. All I know is that he heard and he had a gift to actually share and resonate the words of what parents and guardians and caretakers 
are to do for children and the importance of children. And so when we look at this particular stanza, this piece right here, mm -hmm. what is the spiritual message that comes to you from this piece right here? So when I read it, and then when you were saying it again, the, the, out of the entire last stanza, the word that sticks out to me is stable. The very last word, right? Because um, we need that, not only in America, not only in black families, but in our families, right? Father, mother. I'm sorry, saints. I say father, mother, <laughs> husband, wife, children. So I know that's not going to, not everybody's going to like that, but this is just, you know, uh, this is just Bible. You need stability for your kids um, to grow up and, uh, and grow wise and grow strong and to have that firm footing and deep roots. Um, so many children, myself, I came from uh, my parents divorced when I was young. They both since remarried and happy and living life. Um, and, um, but it was, uh, a breaking and it took the love of Jesus to really help me to mend those things. And then he uses my husband, praise God, to, um, show me a, a different type of love and, and to be able to have a whole love in Christ. So I say all that to say, kids need to see that stability in their parents in order to reach those marks. Because if there isn't that stability in a marriage, in that foundation, they're going to take that brokenness into relationships, keep choosing broken relationships, keep choosing wrong friendships, keep being misguided. But if we as parents have a foundation of Christ, have a foundation of love for one another, um, and then, of course, our, our fellow man, and we show that and we replicate that, then our kids will have the same. So that's the word that sticks out to me. Be stable. How can I be stable in my, my mind? The saints used to say that, right? The old saints, right? Mm -hmm. When they say he's a mind regulator, right? <laughs> I used to say, what is a mind regulator? But now... <laughs> Since I've been around a little bit, I'm like, oh, Lord, be my mind, like, regulate my mind, put your, Lord, help my mind to stay, stayed on you. So that's um, what I think stands out to me, stability, being stable. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so powerful because even as you were saying, and I'm glad that you um, were able to uh, be so transparent and talk about that fact of being a child of brokenness where two parents actually have been divorced because that happens a lot. And we've seen that so often in our, um, our families. And I look at it too. And another thing is that, you know, the mom and the dad, although they might not be together mm -hmm. in stability, mm -hmm. as long as they're stable in themselves mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. able to share that stability with their children, then that is also so um, paramount. It's Absolutely. so important and so vital. And um, one of the other pieces is that you know, we talked about the archer, you know, mm -hmm. the archer is that person who's actually holding the bow and releasing it. So basically they're releasing We're we're 
in this poem, it's talking about the bow being that person, that guiding force, that caretaker, that parent, um, who's ever in that position to actually be that stabilizing place because you have to be stable mm -hmm. to hold that, to, to hold the arrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that it can be released. That's right. And actually hit its mark. That's right. And I, what I love too, in the beginning, you talked about the last piece. Mm -hmm. What I loved in the beginning was the fact that he sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, meaning mm -hmm. that there is nothing, there's no barriers. There's no, um, child, no restrictions, mm -hmm. you know, that can actually stop our children from reaching where they need to be. There really are no limitations on them when we know that they were created by God mm -hmm. and we know that they were created for purpose and they have value and they have worth. So what they can do and who they can become is so infinite. Mm -hmm. It knows no boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this has been great. One of the other things, of course, you know, Iona speaks about defending self-justice. So let's close this discussion up with just about talking about this poem mm -hmm. and how this poem actually promotes the defense of self-justice mm -hmm. as a mother. And then what is that message to that we give to our children about being defenders of their self-justice? Well, I think, you know, Iona, you do such a great job of this, of First, allowing us to hear your voice and to hear your own transparency and your journey through life through these podcasts, but especially the one you did last um, last month where you wrote the letter to yourself. I mean, I just listened to it with, in awe. My mouth just dropped open and you're just so raw and open. And I think sometimes when we're dealing with our kids, we need to be that way. We need to show them that we're not perfect. Uh, mom and dad, you know, made some mistakes. I'm not going to tell at all, but I might tell a few things, you know, <laughs> as the, year, the years go by so that they don't feel like they have to be an A plus all the time or they won't be loved. Right. So um, I think that's important. But as far as self-justice for my children, I would say start early by setting boundaries. Right. You're not friends with everybody. I know that that's not maybe PC, but you're not friends with everybody, right? You might love everybody. They may be your neighbor, but I think um, we have to show our kids how to set personal boundaries so that they're not taken advantage of in this world. And that's just, um, doesn't mean that they have up a shield. They don't want to talk to anyone. They don't want to make connections. But what I mean by that is that to, in order to guard themselves from things that, um, whether it's bad behaviors, kids smoking, drinking, whatever, they're going to have to say no to some people, right? And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That that that's okay. Doesn't mean that they don't like Johnny or they don't love Johnny or they don't want, you know, to share Christ with Johnny. But it does mean that Johnny, I can only take you this far. Um, so. I think that that will help them. The word no is a powerful word. And I think we, especially with young women, to be able to empower women to say, no, I don't want that. No, I don't like that. No, that doesn't feel right. Um, but we feel like we have to say yes to everybody because, you know, that's just the way it is. We want to be, we want to please people. Um, but I could ramble about that. I just think it's important to have boundaries and to be, it's like you were just talking about being stable, being stable 
enough in yourself to be able to say no, even if it may hurt someone else's feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I would, would offer. Yeah. That is great. Thanks so much for that. <laughs> Because we are to be defenders of self-justice. Mm-hmm. We as women, we as mothers um, need to understand and know that, yeah, our paths might not have been always so great and so rosy, yet we can stand up for ourselves when we know who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's the important message to get to our children so that they know who they are, that they were created for value. They were created yeah. for purpose. They were created for worth. They have no limits on them. There are no boundaries on them. They basically have an infinite target that they'll be able to reach. Mm-hmm. And it'll go beyond our expectations and beyond our visions. So I have loved this um, dialogue, this time of discussion with you on this poem. The poem, once again, is on children um, in the book called The Prophet, written by Khalil Gibran. And uh, one of the things I just wanted to also say is, you know, thank you so much, Allegra, for taking the time to uh, speak with me um, and just talk about these things. And you as an entrepreneur, uh, can you enlighten us a little bit about your business and share with our audience how they can actually make contact with you? Mm, Absolutely. Well, um, I'll say this in short, Iona, I, I honestly believe in being a, a Proverbs 31 woman and bringing, having different avenues coming into our home. Um, so there are a few things that we do, but the number one thing I would say is um, Double H Travel, which I do with my mother in partnership. And um, we, we sponsor, we stay with cruises and with Disneyland and we are certified um, through Marriott and certified through the Disneyland um, productions. So I would say reach out to us on www.doublehtravel.com or email us at bookdoublehtravel at gmail.com. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Allegra, for being our first guest of Iona Speaks about defending self-justice. And as this poem was published in 1923, it is more than 95 years old, making it public domain to be read today on this podcast, according to copyright laws. As we conclude this episode, I trust that every woman and mother listening be empowered to walk in their dominion as they realize that there is value in their life through all of their experiences so that they can become the defenders of self-justice for themselves. Thank you for listening to Iona Speaks about defending self-justice and have a prosperous and powerful week.